My name is Molly McCartney. I'm an intuitive medium, the author of the Amazon best-selling book, Empower Your Wisdom, and the founder of the Empowered Wisdom School. This show was created for women who wish to trust their intuition so they can follow their higher calling and their bliss without fear, doubt, and disempowering relationships holding them back. If you're a spiritual woman with a business or career in any field and a higher calling you've been working towards, and you want to be featured on the show to inspire others with your story, go to empoweredwisdomshow.com. For now, please enjoy today's show, and don't forget to subscribe for daily inspiration from our very special guests. Hello and welcome to the Empowered Wisdom Show. This is your host, Molly McCartney, and today I am here with Jamie J. She's uh, coming to us from Vancouver Island, and she is a spiritual mentor, and we're going to talk about the cost of self-abandonment today. This is a very important subject for those of us who were born feeling a little bit different, um, and there's a lot of different ways we can be uh, feel different in this world, um, but specifically um, those of us who were born with a, a a spiritual awareness awaken that um, those in the world around us maybe didn't have or didn't totally understand um, the ways that we may censor that wisdom throughout our lives uh, to stay safe or to blend in or to be accepted. And um, she's going to share what she does to help people um, liberate themselves from this and also her story and, and why she does this. So I'm really excited to talk to her today. Uh, welcome, Jamie. Uh, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm doing well today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. Good. Yeah. You're welcome. You're welcome. So, <laughs> so tell us what you do as a spiritual mentor with your clients. Okay. So the foundation of my work is really about the space that we enter into. Um, I really deeply value the power of when people come to work with me is to create a sanctuary where people are very safe to take off their armor because the armor that we come into the world or come into sometimes just our interactions with people is how we are expected to be received. And so already we're kind of holding our truth, our authenticity and our gifts back because we're not sure how they're going to be met. So my first and, and most devoted attention is to creating that space. So instantly, you know that all of you is welcome. And the work that I do is very much about meeting people where they're at. I was a teacher for a public school teacher for almost 15 years. And in that environment, it's a lot of imposition, taking um, an agenda that's not has very little personal meaning to people and placing it on top of them at the expense of who they are, their authenticity, their, their powerful voice. Um, and what I realized working with a lot of young people is the power of just showing up in the moment and asking powerful questions and just surrendering to where the knowledge and the stuff that's coming through your higher consciousness, through like your heart space, where it's going to lead us in finding the path that you're seeking to come home to. Mm, I love that. That's beautiful. Yeah. And mm. there is a specific feeling in that yeah. I'm home, no matter yes. where I am, I'm home. And that, mm -hmm. I think that is the ultimate goal of any spiritual seeker yeah. is not first, we want to understand all the concepts and we want to know what's going on. I had someone just the other day asked me, you know, I had this awakening a few years ago and I want to know what's, what all, what is all this about, you know? And so we start asking those questions, but then it just leads us deeper and deeper 
to those internal questions of who we are, what does our spirit want? What did we mm-hmm. come here to do? Mm-hmm. You know, those are the bigger questions that once we can find our answers, then we can again come home to ourselves and walk in that home space and then lead up everybody else home as well. Walk each other home. Absolutely. So, as Ram Das says. Um, so, so tell us about, um, I'm just, I was fascinated that we have very similar childhoods. Um, yeah. <laughs> Jamie shared with me before the show and her application that, um, that she, uh, could, you know, do astral travel and shape shift at a very young age. Um, you know, I, I've shared widely about, uh, being, seeing spirits around my bed at night. I had mm-hmm. a lot of spirit friends played in, in the backyard in nature mm-hmm. all by myself. And I think there's a unique gift in that solitude of the the only child or the the lonely child whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. um where we we're more introverted and connect with nature more than people and we become more open to that more ancient shamanic wisdom if if that is our inclination mm-hmm. so can you share about that and how you were kind of taught to hide what you called your witch's eyes as mm-hmm. a child yeah absolutely so my i always love to work with clients to like cultivate an inner sanctuary and especially when people are kind of struggling with this, it's like, okay, we're going to go back to a moment, right, in childhood where you had a particularly warm feeling. And my feeling is always going back to, <clears throat> excuse me, it's going back to the fields that I grew up in under the age of six. And I remember sitting in those, when we lived on a 2000 acre ranch and as a child, I had a lot of freedom to roam, um, which I'm incredibly grateful for. I never felt lonely. Mm -hmm. When I was out in nature, I was so deeply connected to the pulse of life and I never felt that I was in any danger. I knew that I was protected. I knew that I was safe. And I mean, we lived on this giant piece of property where it was wild. I mean, I was, I was taught how to be aware of my environment. We had a lot of bears on the property and yet I never felt afraid. Mm-hmm. I always felt, felt held. And I remember sitting one day, this really powerful memory. And I remember watching the auras dance across the grass And I just remember being so at peace and we had all sorts of different animals, but there was a horse and it was running. And I just remember I was no longer like watching the grasses. It was like I was in the horse. And, you know, when I go back to this memory, there was no weirdness attached to that feeling of like feeling the heart of the horse beat as if it was my own and feeling that sensation of running as only a horse can mm-hmm. and the power and the freedom and like the heightened kind of soul expansion of that sensation. Um, and yeah, that's like, that, that has to be one of my most like significant and most special places to go to, especially in times where I'm feeling disconnected and I am feeling alone. Mm-hmm. You know, I can sit in silence and I can close my eyes and light a candle and I can go back to that place and I can remember what it feels like to be free, what it feels like to be connected. Yes. Yes. And, and so you, you mentioned, you know, in childhood that mm. kind of like, well, be normal kid or whatever, you know, whatever mm. hiding your witch's eyes meant. And that certainly can follow us into adulthood, which is, I'm going to ask you another question mm. about that, mm-hmm. but how, how did that show up for you as a child? I know for me, it was really kind of um, some family members, but mostly around school age, you know, family members that didn't understand, oh, you're, you're a weird kid or why are you doing that? Or why did you say that? That makes no sense. 
Um, but mostly school age, like, okay, I got to blend in. I got, mm. <laughs> it's not like okay. nobody's speaking my language. So what was that like for you? How did that show up? Okay. So it showed up for me in a lot of different ways. So I remember, I don't know how old I was, but I remember not being allowed to play. I mean, we lived in a rural area. There wasn't a lot of kids to play with. And I remember one neighborhood girl that I was able, at least for a short period of time to connect with. And I wasn't allowed to play with her because I was the devil's spawn. Oh, right. So yeah, like that yeah. label, <laughs> mm-hmm. I was also raised um, around a religion where my gifts were very um, they were labeled as demonic. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I had to be very careful about when I talked about my dreams or, you know, I talked about energy or my feelings or my understandings of things, you know, even the questions that I would ask, they were very innocent questions about God because I never really understood God through a very specific label. Mm-hmm. Um, I never understood God in any sort of gendered sense. I understood God as what I felt when I was in nature, <laughs> that was my temple and that was my sanctuary. And so Preach. what I was, he- yes, yes. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so what I was hearing, right. And learning, it just didn't connect and resonate. And so I was always kind of in this, this tension between who I was on the inside and who I really didn't have a lot of shame necessarily about. I just didn't understand why it was so hard for people to be open to just see me for who I was and what I was kind of offering, right? Or why people were so scared to have beautiful, in-depth, philosophical and existential conversations about the meaning of life. Um, No matter how hard I tried, I could not be invisible. Mm-hmm. And I have a, a friend, she's an astrologer to thank for helping me understand Um what that meant in in terms of my astrological chart and she said i bet you have always wanted to hide but you've never been able to you've always been in the spotlight no matter how hard you try and she shared with me a memory that she had of me in high school and i just moved to this this school this place that was not my place i knew it wasn't my place i was like i don't want to live here and when i would walk down the hall she said it was like watching moses part the red sea Everyone would go silent. Everyone would split off to the corners. And then I would hear it close and start the murmuring in the background as I passed through. That always made me really uncomfortable. Mm. And at the same time, there was something inside of me that was like, I don't care. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with me. And I'm actually okay not having friends. I'm okay not being alone here because what you're asking of me is to be smaller than I've already made myself and I'm not going to I'm not compromising myself any further mm-hmm. and the witch's eyes that was uh that was always interesting um it was never meant as an insult from the person who who said it to me it was something that she admired in me and it was something that she was teaching me as a form of, of protection mm-hmm. and I know that if I look back into my ancestry That's what she was trying to do is she, you know, the whole, like the witches and the burnings and the persecution. And she was like, don't lose your power, but learn how to walk through the world. Just kind of like dimming it a little bit so that you keep yourself safe. Absolutely. And I think that the advice she gave was, I love this about you. And I'm trying to show you how to stay safe. Help me keep that part of me intact, even though I, I, I dimmed it. Oh, I love that. Yes. Yeah. And, and that's something I've learned along the way too. having very similar. We must come from the same planet mm-hmm. or something. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm like, you, you're telling my story. Exactly. Uh, it's so interesting. And it's beautiful yeah. to hear such specifics 
you know, kind of reverberating because mm-hmm. that tells n- not only me, but our listeners, yeah. you're not alone. Mm-hmm. Even though sometimes we feel like we're on this journey or this mission as, as you know, spiritually aware, we're children that, are, you know, then lose it and find it again as adults. And we want to help people. It can feel like a very street, like why me or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's simply, um, you know, it's just your calling. It's just, you know, who we are and we're spread far and wide to be of service and to help and to do this work. And it's not, it is, it is to walk humbly and not to, you know, to stay under the radar when you need to, but be able to speak in your power when you also, when people need you to, and when you need to also. So, um, you know, I, f- I found it very interesting for me to, to lose that connection also coming from a religious upbringing and very close to God, you know, but then kind of shutting the door to everything and then finding it again and hitting a rock bottom because I hit a rock bottom. Mm. And it sounds like for you, it stayed intact, you know, the whole time, but you did mention there was a time in your life fairly recently where you had to burn your world to the ground so you could stand <laughs> in your power. So please, please share <laughs> about that because I know yeah. people out there are going through that. They're going to want to hear some inspiration. How did you do it? How did you survive? Share with us if you would. Oh, it's a powerful and juicy question. Um, okay. So I think that this is a good place to bring in the cost of self-abandonment. Mm-hmm. I've had a lot of trauma in my life that's not just about like who I was. I mean, I think in a lot of ways, the way that I showed up and the way that I shined was it was a trigger for people, mm-hmm. right? And people wanted to kind of make me small to make themselves feel safe. That's how I've really tried to understand it. It wasn't about me, mm-hmm. right? It was about how they felt and how they wanted to keep themselves safe. Now, that doesn't mean what happened was okay. It was deeply impactful and deeply hurtful. But I think sometimes trying to understand the other person and where they may have been coming from, because we're all walking through the world as bleeding wounds until we do our work to kind of like stitch those wounds back up and kind of really honor the scar, right? And the wisdom that came through the experience. Um, And so, yeah, the cost of self-abandonment, I reached a place three years ago where it was like, I just kept putting things on my back. It was like a mountain that just kept growing and growing until it was like, I sometimes liken it to universe. Like you are so out of alignment with what your soul was born here to do mm-hmm. that I'm going to like, honestly, this mountain is now my boot and you're down and you're going to stay down until you, you know who you are so that you can get back up as yourself and not the shadow of the person that you became. Mm-hmm. And so I through the kind of like, um, what would I say, the institutional lens, I was diagnosed, I had severe burnout, I was diagnosed with severe depression, severe anxiety, and complex PTSD. And these manifested as a brain injury. It was the way that they presented was I was, I was, I literally lost my mind. Mm -hmm. Now I was somebody who was a deep researcher. I was working as a teacher. I researched at least two to three hours a day, and I was constantly writing. And I went to a place, I remember the day I heard my nervous system snap. It was like an electric spark or when like your, your fuse goes off and you hear that snap and just the lights go out. That's what happened in my mind. I couldn't read. I couldn't write. And it was really challenging for me to speak. And that's when the suicidal ideation really took hold. And fighting that intensity was what it was the hardest thing I've ever done because I knew I didn't want to die. And yet, once I realized what the suicidal ideation was telling me is, Jay, who you 
all of those masks that you decided to wear to be anyone other than yourself, that is what you have to kill. Mm -hmm. You have to shed, right? And so it was a complete surrender to this moment. I don't have my mind anymore. And all I have the choice to do is to go into my body, into my heart, into the pain, into all of the mess that I haven't been tending to. And I have to love myself home. And, you know, I, one of the first things that I did, and this is what I love to do with people is to bring them back to the sacred parts of childhood is what was something that you always wanted to do as a kid that you never gave yourself permission to do and do that. And for me, it was herbal medicine. Mm. And that really brought me back to earth, brought me back to the embrace of how I sometimes think of mama earth as like a great big giant bear right? And she's just saying to us, just like, come home to me. Let me like pull you in close so that you can hear my heart, breathe life back into you. Mm -hmm. And I, I surrendered and I chose to stop fighting for everyone and everyone except for myself and my children, because they, I, I like to think seven generations ahead. I can stay here in this like Phoenix. It wasn't even a Phoenix moment. It was like that kind of platonic moment where you you can transform or you can die. Mm -hmm. Right. And I was like, well, I'm going to do both. I'm going to die so I can be reborn and I'm going to surrender to all of what comes through this. And I'm doing this because I end the intergenerational trauma that brought me to where I am. Mm -hmm. I'm going to honor those ancestors whose pain I have been carrying And alongside that, I'm going to honor the ancestors whose strength is reaching through me to help me get up and keep fighting so that my daughters and my grandchildren and my grandchildren and my grandchildren get to live a different experience. Oh, I think that is amazing and perfect for especially our mothers out there who struggle with these huge decisions of whether it's being stuck in a career because you're making, mm-hmm. you know, you're making money for your family, you're supporting them or staying in a relationship that's killing your soul yeah. for that same reason. It's like, you know, it's that internal vibration and reality that is going to help your children thrive far more than, than the surface level. And sometimes granted people, you know, their intuition says, wait it out. You know, there's going to mm-hmm. be a time and that's, you know, that's perfectly fine. It's perfectly, yeah. perfectly fine. No matter what you choose. But for those who are struggling with like, should I, shouldn't I just take uh, Jamie's inspiration in this moment that, you know, it's worth it. It's worth it to, you know, see what's on the other side to surrender and, and find, you know, make sure your survival needs are met, but you will rise again, much stronger than you were before. Mm-hmm. And I, and I certainly had that. I'm, I'm not a mom of human children. I do have yeah. several furry children, but, um, but even just in my own life of trying to make it in the world and and do what I was supposed to do and have a, you know, kind of respectable job, even though I wanted to do this woo woo stuff. And I did it on the side for a long time, but there was a point where I said, my soldier has just left the building, you know, and, and my, my, my dark night was way before that, but I was kind of, you know, kind of aware this is not sustainable, but I've got to do it for a time and working in a corporate situation. But I was like, you know, that's why I'm so um, ticked off all the time. This is why I'm mm-hmm. so anxious all the time and so mad at everything and everybody yeah. at work anyway, because I don't, my soul isn't here. My soul yeah. is, is out, you know, either serving spiritually or out in the woods or doing something that lights her up. And so when we have that split, I think that's when the breakdowns really occur. 
And, and that's that yeah. suicidal point of, yeah, either die or, or transform, die or mm-hmm. uh, I forget how you put it, but that's perfect wording of, you know, let go now or let's, we got to come together to make something better. Yes. So, yeah. Yeah. So, so you mentioned too, like now, now that you've risen, now that you're doing the work that you love, mm-hmm. there's some more challenges and, <laughs> and, and trusting life to lead you, lead your soul home and, and more of your personal world and um, whatever you'd like to share about that. I'd love to hear a little bit more about sure. knowing what, you know, being the wise woman, you are mm-hmm. going through something like this. Well, I think I'll begin by just saying that when you undergo the transformation, you have to recognize that you're not going back, right? Like you've shed so many layers and you have to really stand rooted in who you are in this moment, right? And that moment, when I stand here in this moment, it's like, what led me to burnout? What led me to that dark night? And how did I abandon myself by allowing people, institutions, bosses, et cetera, kind of have power over me? And what am I no longer willing to accept? What are my boundaries? And not just what are my boundaries in terms of how I'm going to protect myself from people, but flipping that just a little bit to say, how do I hold myself in my boundaries so I no longer compromise my core self? Because in the process of disintegration, what I found was the light inside that had been holding me together the whole time. Yeah. Right. And so I had to really sit and I had to look at my life and I had to recognize that as much as I love teaching and I loved working with children, I was never meant to work in an institution that had, that held power over spirit. And I'm going to be real, and I don't care how controversial this might sound to people, but our education systems hold power over people's spirit. And I watched young spirits break all the time. Mm -hmm. And I had to face the fact that I was actually suffering a moral injury from having participated Mm -hmm. in that, even though I was very different and very unique as a teacher, I was very successful with the kids and the parents that I was working with. I was enemy number one to the institution because I valued the soul so deeply. And so I, I, I looked at that situation and after a year of deep healing, I said no more. And I quit my career. I didn't have anything that I had to move into. I knew that financially it wasn't the best decision. However, it was actually the worst decision I could make to myself and my soul and the journey I had just come through to go back into that situation. And so I accepted the consequence of financial instability for a time um, because I knew that what I was fighting for was so much greater than a short-term discomfort of money. I also had to stand up in my relationship and my marriage of just over 20 years. And I had to recognize that the way that we had been operating was not healthy for me. It was not healthy for him. And it was definitely not healthy for our children. And I was so open to collaborating and healing and working together. And I just very simply said, I can't do this in this way any longer. We need some support and we need some help, but I can't do that alone. Um, And unfortunately he did not choose that path. He chose divorce. And so I've also had to let go of my best friends, you know, any kind of dreams and ideas I had about the family that we were building. Um, And now I'm embracing being a single mama. And, you know, 
I've worked through a lot of the anger and a lot of the grief. And I mean, I'm sure, and I know, I'm not sure, I know it's going to continue to arise at various moments as I, as I move through this process, but I'm also deeply grateful to both him and to myself because I'm grateful to me for honoring me. I'm grateful to him for letting me go. Right. Because as deeply, as much as it hurts, Every time we let go, something opens. We have space to grow into. And I'm grateful for that space because I don't know what the future holds, but I know in this moment I have a peace and I have a love for myself that I've never had. And I think that that's more valuable than money. Mm -hmm. I think it's more valuable than anything. And So I'm really working to cultivate the gratitude for all of the experiences and all of the loss and really feeling into what that loss tells me about the depth of my love, about the power of my soul's purpose, and how I can just continue to enhance myself to show up more powerfully to support others and coming home to who they are. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We, we go on these really powerful transformational journeys. And I'm sure you already share a lot with your clients um, and the people that you serve your stories of transformation. And it's like, mm-hmm. I've been there. That's how I know you can get through it. And I yeah. think that's super important for, you know, anyone on the wisdom path of the shamanic path, we mm-hmm. have to n- understand those dark moments. We have to understand how to navigate the dark night and what, how, and, and how that wisdom can be born through it in order to share that. So thank you for sharing your story. Yeah. That. And, uh, Could I all- share oh. a little visual right there? Is that okay? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. I love how you keep referring to like the shamanic path. And this is a visualization that I like to do with people, right? Is we're going to go into the dirt. We're going to go deep into the soul, into the soil, right? Into the soul of the soil. And right now we're encased. It's like, we're, we're just like, we're tense and we're all constricted inside of our shell, much like a caterpillar is in her cocoon as she melts into goo. Mm -hmm. And when we allow ourselves to surrender into just that phase, because it's just a phase and we allow ourselves to be held in darkness and all that darkness is. And we open our hearts a little bit to the light that's seeking to come through the darkness. And we allow ourselves to kind of like realize that we have more room than we thought we did. And we can wiggle a little bit and we can keep reaching for that light so that we create more and more and more space to wiggle so that we can actually crack the the shell, the pain, crack through it and begin to bloom or sprout and bloom and blossom. It's all just a moment. Mm-hmm. And it's necessary. And I think anyone on the shamanic path recognizes not just the necessity of darkness, but the power of darkness mm-hmm. to really bring us home to ourselves. Absolutely. And, yeah. and, and something, yeah, thank you for that. That's absolutely beautiful. And, and there's something to it with being able to find that connection to source to, to yeah. find, again, let's go back home. Mm-hmm. Even when the world, your world is falling down around you, or mm-hmm. maybe that you've suffered a loss or you're going through grief or a major catastrophe, crisis, trauma. Um, you know, once you learn to navigate those times, I always say when things are good, 
you know, it's like practicing that gratitude, being in that, that positive space is wonderful, but it's what it is, is conditioning you and teaching you to then being able to have the fortitude to yeah. go through these dark times, to see that there is a way through it. And there's a reason mm. for it. Yeah. And so it's, you know, it's, it's an ongoing process. It's not something that, you know, if we talk about law of attraction and mm -hmm. manifesting, it's like, it's still working even in those times. Yeah. And actually I drew a few cards for you. If you don't yeah. mind sharing, I would love to. Yeah. Something came up about that. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, you've got the serpent as your first card, which is mm -hmm. all about shedding the skin of the past identities. You're definitely mm -hmm. letting go of an identity that was not serving you and you're in the sweat lodge about it. So, you know, exactly okay. what that means. You're sweating yep. it out, detoxifying. This is a temporary moment. You just, you just yeah. even stated that. So just reminding yourself day after day, this is a temporary difficulty that's going to make me stronger and clarify me. Mm -hmm. So as I go through it, um, and I accept that the, the, I, I guess the, you know, when you're in an uncomfortable situation, like even a sweat lodge, it's a sacred situation. It's like, it, it is about holding on to that calm within and holding on to the purpose and the reason you're going through it. So when you come out, you feel amazing. If, yes. you it, if you're in resistance, that's when it's going to be like, Oh my God, this is horrible. Why did I do it? And for those who haven't done a sweat lodge, maybe it's like a hot yoga class or something like oh. that, you know, there's <laughs> yeah. just, you know, or just being stuck in traffic and you really want to be somewhere. That's a lighter version, but it's just, it's all about what can I do in the meantime while I'm here, where can I focus my attention? And, uh, somebody recently, uh, shared with me, one of my clients that she was going through a dark time and what came up for her is, you know, and what to hold on to in this time. And I was like, well, if you're, you're ill, she was dealing with illness you know, it's, it's the hot cup of tea or soup on your couch mm -hmm. and the cozy blanket. And it's the way that you can comfort yourself and relax and start receiving healing in those moments. Mm -hmm. It's not about like, Oh gosh, I can't get up and work and I'm lonely and I'm this and that it's, it's like really switching your attention. So you, you already know that I'm kind of sharing that more for, for our listeners as yeah. well. Um, but you're definitely coming out of a time of feeling like you need to beat your own drum um, and, and follow kind of your own path again, and feeling quite alone in that. But the difficulty, when you feel it may be that you have to face conflict head on, um, when really you can use your abilities and your wisdom to go around obstacles when you see them, mm -hmm. and it kind of flow like water, and it doesn't mm -hmm. have to be uh, like, yeah. <laughs> so yes, if, if someone else is like, you can be like, oh, just blow around that. Yeah. Um, so the more that, that you go through this transformation of being a powerful, powerful creator on your own, and maybe it is, you know, there's definitely a soul retrieval going on, but it is like, all right, finally, I'm going to own that for myself that I really don't need a partner to powerfully create in my life. Mm -hmm. And that you, it's not that you won't have one, but knowing that you don't need one, um, and that trusting in your own inner fire to do this, to do what it needs mm -hmm. to do. And so in, in the meantime, whatever you're doing with vision questing and really in visualizing what life looks like, not only through this transition, but afterwards, um, make sure you're watching your egoic reactions of mm. disappointment or wanting to be drawn into the conflict and focus more on that vision. Mm. And so the, 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 that's part of the manifesting message I got for you. The other one is the biggest obstacle is that you need to shoot your arrow right now in terms of your intention trust mm -hmm. that spirit will take it where it needs to go. And then try really do your like mindfulness work, like om meditation, be the Buddha and get mm -hmm. completely uncomfortable with the uncertainty. 
Yeah. Just be like, isn't that fun? I have no idea what my life's going to be like. That's kind of cool, right? It's going to be. A I love it. I actually <laughs> love it for the first time ever. Like, I'm really, I love that this came up in the reading because it's true. I, my vision is so simple because I don't know. Mm-hmm. And the yeah. more I try and force an idea of what I think should happen or an expectation, mm-hmm. I'm entering into the realm of self abandonment. That's right. Yeah. The universe, right? It is. And my soul has a mission Mm -hmm. and, you know, the divine path and it is trust and surrender. I am on the path when I know that I'm at peace. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And yeah, the, the biggest thing here is it's, it is really inviting your intuition to guide you the voice of your spirit Mm. more than the, you know, you know, better than to let the voices Mm -hmm. around you but even that yeah. egoic voice can sometimes say, well, maybe that I should do that. And I should try that. And, should... and it's always like being guided, even if it's the strangest thing, yes. I feel like I need to do this today or talk to this person. And then all of a sudden, boom, 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 opportunities start to pop up because you're following that inner nudge yeah. with every little thing. And, and I feel that the more you trust your higher self to, to kind of do this healing work for you. Um, there, there, that is in your space of hopes and fears. So mm-hmm. maybe there's a little bit of like, oh, I'm not sure about that, which there is, is true for all of us. Mm-hmm. So deepening that, um, that trust that even if you don't know the way you're going to be guided Yes. and finding your voice and you have a very powerful voice, by the way, you're, Thank you. you're very poetic. <laughs> um, you know, writing would be wonderful for you. More speaking would be wonderful, but there is uh, the ghost dance going on alongside of that, mm-hmm. of maybe censoring yourself or being a little again oh I know what that's all about yeah yeah I know what that's all about too much good (laughs) so that's the biggest challenge to address that Mm -hmm. and also at the end um you're really going to want to well the goal anyway is to see anytime you're drawn off the path um make sure you're not being too hard on yourself about it because Mm -hmm. your mind can really take take uh take you away from from your goals Mm -hmm. and from your center um, that busyness of the mind. And I do see the curse card uh, coming in that states that there may be some negative self-talk that's, you know, lifetimes long or in this lifetime that, oh yeah. Yeah. It spells out like, oh, well, this is just how it's going to be for me. Yep. And, and any divine detour is just exactly what we've been talking about. And I certainly yeah. understand we can understand these concepts and then still be going through challenges that teach them to us yeah. again. So just remember that this divine detour, it was so that you could have your children so that you could grow in this relationship. It has been sacred. And now it's simply, you're going in another direction um, in just trusting that. So that was beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. Welcome. It's a joy, joy to connect with your energy. I know this is, this is going to be an episode that the listeners very much enjoy. So um, thanks for being here today. And if if people want to find you and learn more about your work, where can they go? Okay. For right now, there's two places. I'm pretty minimalist with technology at this point, and I'm, I'm working on that. So you can go to my website. It's J uh, jamiej.com. So J A Y M I J A I.com. You can also find me on Instagram at J A Y M I dot J A I. And I love deep contemplative conversations. So like, if you find me and you like want to hit me up in a DM and just like begin chatting, that's the stuff of life. Sweet. Yeah. 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 Thank you for that invitation. I know someone's going to take you up on it. That's going to be awesome. (laughs) 
Yeah. Very good. Well, thanks for being here today once again. And guys, thanks for listening. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. It was so much fun. Oh, you're very welcome. Yeah. All right, guys. Catch you next time. Hey there. I hope you enjoyed today's show. If you'd like to hear more from our wise and wonderful guests, make sure you subscribe for daily interview content. And here's three ways I can help empower your wisdom for free. Number one, grab your copy of my Empower Your Life workbook. It will help you honor your inner voice, make way for new visions, and live with intention. Go to empoweredwisdomshow.com forward slash workbook to get your copy today. Two, if you're a woman with a well-established business or career and your intuition is nudging you to go in a more spiritual direction, we want to interview you on this show. Head to empoweredwisdomshow.com. Three, Listen and subscribe to our sister podcast, The Empowered Wisdom Hour, for free teachings, guided meditation, and channeled wisdom to help you thrive. You can listen on Apple, Spotify, and most major podcast platforms. At Empowered Wisdom Coaching, we help intuitive, spiritual, and high-achieving women who feel disempowered by self-doubt and relationship patterns realize their power and go for what they want without holding back. If you're ready to release doubt, fear, and disempowering relationships so you can follow your calling and your bliss the intuitive way, Book a call to see how I can help. Go to mollymccartney.com forward slash chat.